1: The Reds, they continue to struggle against the one team they need to beat as they get yeliched by the Brewers once again at American Family Field. We'll discuss another one that got away on today's Locked on Reds.
0: You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us. Talk some reds with you. I encourage you. If you're listening, hit us up on Twitter, or if you're watching us here on YouTube, hello, thanks for joining us here today. And make sure you jump into our comment section, leave us a question, leave us a thought, uh, let us know how you're feeling because we're pretty frustrated and I'm guessing you might be too. Uh, but we love to see everybody down in the comments section. Thanks to all of our everydayers out there and for everyone that makes us an everyday listen. You guys are awesome because lockdown reds is part of the lockdown podcast network we are your team every day here on today's show. I I just, this is, this is going to be a little bit of therapy, honestly, for Steve and I, because, and, and, and maybe for you as well, we'd love you to join in the comments for this reason. The Cincinnati reds have had a very good year. They're in a very awesome position. They could win the division. They could go to the playoffs, and it feels inevitable that should all of that happen, they're going to run into the Milwaukee Brewers in October. We're going to dive into our frustration here on today's episode of the Lockdown Reds podcast. That is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app today and create an account. Use the code Lockdown MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed and you can guarantee steve that we, we we gave this a little bit of time to breathe after the loss we 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 waited a little bit and that's probably a good thing because i think we would have just shouted into a
1: microphone had we recorded right after the game yeah i don't know that the downtime helped very much jeffrey <laughs> it's it's so
0: there's so many stats out there and I don't want to get too deep into stats but the reds are 2 and 9 makes them a like
1: Birds. Jay morrison right now just sad stats that's what we're doing sad it, stats today yeah
0: it's it, they're 2 and 9 but the happy stat is they're 53 and what did I say 36 37 whatever that is they're almost 20 games over 500 against everyone else. They have a positive run differential against everyone else. But you talk about that one team from Milwaukee that lives. I'm going to admit it. They live rent free inside my head right now because it makes no ever loving sense as to why the reds, dominate
1: 28 other teams and have trouble against this one this kind of reminds me do you remember way back in the day for you anyway uh when pedro martinez couldn't buy an out against the new york yankees and basically was just like called him his daddy that's exactly the situation that's playing out here jeff Um, I don't know what the answer is first. The first answer is this, the first thing, and we'll talk about this coming up in the third segment, a whole lot more, but it wouldn't hurt my feelings. If for these next two games, if the reds just put Christian Yelich on base, every time he comes up, treat him (laughs) like his name is Barry bonds and just give him four, four you, you go, you go. We're not pitching to you. You are not beating us. We don't want anything to do with you. You go. It's, it's so frustrating, Jeff. I, Look, it takes a lot for a ball club, an opposing ball club, to get under my skin like this. Um, The closest comparison I could make about how this makes me feel is like prime Bengals Steelers rivalry game at this point. Seeing the Brewers on the schedule makes me feel that way now. Um, I, I think the Reds have clearly demonstrated that, as you say, the Brewers are in their heads and it's mm-hmm. really impacting the performance. It's impacting, I think, what the players are trying to do. I think that you look at the Reds players and, you know, what's that statistic we were talking about with the relief pitchers? 0 for 39? Or- just against Joel Pyamps
0: and Devin Williams, there has not been a single hit, this is all season long, for the Reds lineup as a whole against Joel Piamps and Devin Williams oh for 39 and i think they've drawn a grand total of three walks like it's ridiculous at
1: this point
0: those, those guys come into the game good.
1: now look they're, no. they're and they're look they're major league pitchers i understand they're there for a reason but they're not that they're not that good they're not those major league pitchers i just right. i don't understand it i don't know if there's an abandonment of the philosophy i don't know if there's a conscious Effort by the Reds hitters to to break this thing open so badly that they do things differently. I I don't know, but somebody somebody needs to figure out how to to bust through on this thing because it's absolutely ridiculous. And you're right. The way that the playoff seating breaks down, you, you know, you called this off the air when we talked about it whoever wins the National League Central, if a wild card teams come out of the Central, they're probably playing the winner of the Central. So you're talking about not only the Reds running into the Brewers in the postseason, but the first round in a short series. I just, we can't have that. It cannot be allowed to stand. It cannot happen, Jeff.
0: It's going to be one of those situations, because I was thinking about this today, because I saw the takes going around on Twitter that was just like, here's the thing. We get done with the Brewers, we're done with them. We can go back to beating everybody else, and the Reds can then win the division. But guess what? If that happens, you're probably talking about the Brewers in the first round of the playoffs. This is inevitable, Steve. This is how Cincinnati sports goes. You mentioned prime Bengals Steelers in the Andy Dalton era, the early 2010s. We always knew if the Bengals made the playoffs, Pittsburgh was waiting. If the Reds make the playoffs this year, Milwaukee is waiting, and, and and that is that is the thing. Like, as good as they are against every other team, they they swaggered through the end of the Giants series. Once they, it, it was kind of like they had like a two game hangover after the the Brewers left town. They're just like, oh my gosh, wait, we can beat the Giants, and then they did, and then the Diamondbacks came to town. They're like, yeah, we got them too. That's fine. We're going to go into Milwaukee. We're going to play good. And then they show up and Ellie Cruz smashes a big fly ball leadoff smash that Joey Weimer robs. And then they're like, oh my, this is the Brewers. We don't know what to do with the Brewers. What's going on here? And we just go right back to the six games that they played around the
1: All-Star break. Well, Ellie wasn't having it. And, you know.
0: Thankfully, he when, did have the
1: home relay. I, I yeah. guess when <laughs> I guess when you have won as many games as you have won the way that you've won them I and mean, you're the Brewers, uh, it makes you feel empowered to talk a little smack. And we all saw the Brewers' scoreboard operators talking a little smack. Point they messed
0: around and they found out. That's what they did. They,
1: they motivated <laughs> Ellie Dillacruz. It was great to see him go ahead and get that home run. And you, again, shout out to you. You said after his day off he was going to catch fire. You know, He should have three home runs now. Since coming from that off day, he has two. He's homered in each game since he was sat down. So, you know, kudos to you for calling that. Uh, I was happy to see Tyler Stevenson with two hits in this game. Uh, You know, that's a positive sign. Yes. One of my concerns, though, what we saw in this game, I think had not a whole lot to do with it being the Brewers that he was facing. But I'm starting to get a little concerned with what I'm seeing from your guy, Alexis Diaz. And I want to talk about him for just a minute before we get out of this segment, because I don't think the Brewers got in his head last night. I don't think that there was anything different going on than for two outings. Now, he hasn't looked quite Right now, I'm not saying he's hurt. I'm not saying I'm not saying anything specific other than the eye test tells me something's a little different right now. Uh, You know, he gave up that home run uh, in his last outing that was grooved right down Broadway as Cowboy would say and, yeah. you know, didn't and then didn't look great last night. I, I wonder if some of the overuse still plays a factor and if his innings load is going to have to be managed in a way that most closers. Innings aren't managed moving forward multiple days off between outings. If he pitches back to back, he needs at least two off. I'm not sure what you do with him, but it just seems to me with what I'm seeing right now, I'm still really concerned that he's just going to run out of steam before we get to the end of this season. You've got to make a
0: trade for a bullpen arm. It's very clear. Like, you've got to bring in a, a bona fide veteran guy. And I know that there's some folks that are out there and say, well, TJ Antone's close to a rehab star. I'm not, I'm not putting anything on TJ Antone this season. Whatever the Reds get out of him is absolute gravy. I think we've already seen that with Tony Santion in that maybe the Reds get something out of him, and maybe they don't. They've got to go get a guy off the trade market that they know they're going to get something out of. And that has got to be one of the highest priorities. I know that starting rotation is is up there. You know, basically it's a rotation arm and a bullpen arm. That's what Nick Crawls is looking for. And it's just clear to me that Alexis Diaz is really starting to deal with fatigue. And sure, a fatigued Alexis Diaz is probably still going to rattle off some saves yeah. between now and the end of this season but I don't know that it's going to be that dominant Alexis Diaz that we're used to. I think it's going to be a little bit more of the the quick and dirty type saves. Like, yeah, there's probably going to be some guys on the bases. There might even be some hits that are had and you might really want to go into the ninth with a two run lead as, as disrespectful as that feels to say about Alexis Diaz, but he's pitched so
1: much this year and there's still so much left to pitch. Yeah, you absolutely need the good Alexis Diaz, the great Alexis Diaz. That's the guy you need for the postseason. It can't be a guy limping to the finish line. And you talk about the Reds needing to go out and address that, both the bullpen and the starting pitching in the trade market. And it brings me to this, Jeff. You know who didn't allow the Brewers to get in his head yesterday? You know who didn't have a bad game yesterday? Well, that was Jonathan India because he didn't play. And it seems like you and I, we were on the cutting edge of this thing. Our episode dropped yesterday and then multiple national media sources started to report that Jonathan India is in fact involved in trade conversations. We're going to get into that and the fact that Jonathan India, he is available. We're going to talk about that coming up next. But before we talk about Jonathan India, I want to take a minute and shout out one of the sponsors of today's podcast. That's game time. You can snag all of the tickets you're looking for without any of the stress with game time. Just download the game time app create an account and use the promo code locked on MLB to get $20 off your first purchase. Listen, this app is great. If you're wondering about, is it legit? Is it safe to use? Jeff and I both use this app all the time. I used it the whole time I was back in Cincinnati in June, Jeff and I would park in the garage, head up for some tacos and buy tickets while we were waiting for our bill to come walk across the great American ballpark and go get our seats. A great app to use great deals on that app. I've used it also to buy some Bengals tickets. I'm coming back in September. Folks got two games worth of Bengals tickets on the game time app, safe and secure. And if you download the game time app today and create your account, you're going to get $20 off whatever event you choose to attend. Terms do apply. So again, just create that account and redeem the code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed and remember if you can't be at americans favorite family screw up the wind field today out in milwaukee you can catch every pitch of the reds hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. all you got to do is download the sxm app and search the word reds Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Reds your first listen. Every Uh coming up, Jeff is going to have you covered for the remainder of this series. I am uh, going to be out the next couple days, but Jeff's going to bring it to you. He's hopefully going to be talking to you about a rebound win with uh, Andrew Abbott on the mound tomorrow and then talking about a series win uh, as the Reds take two out of three, fingers crossed. Uh, but Jeff, there's some more things to get into here uh, that broke yesterday. And you and I seem to be kind of on the, the, the leading edge of this because we got out in front of everybody yesterday. And that is the fact that the Reds need to explore trading for uh, from their strength for pitching in the right deal that benefits the team long term. And lo and behold, Jonathan India's name came up almost immediately yesterday as a guy that could bring back a pitcher that wouldn't necessarily be a rental. And I think that's the key. If you're going to trade a former Rookie of the Year that is really a, a leader on this team, I know his statistics aren't mind blowing. I think last I looked on baseball reference before it updated from last night's game, Jonathan India has an OPS plus of about 98, about 2% Mm -hmm. below league average, but he's more than that. He's more than those numbers. There's the clubhouse effect that people like to talk about. Some players say that's real. Some say it's not, but there's also his on the field leadership. And I think people do look to him. So to trade him will impact this team. But at the end of the day, if whatever you get in return, helps this team win and win more often, I think they get over that fairly quickly. Yeah,
0: I think results belay chemistry. I think that is how you build a very solid team. And I think we've seen that because in years past, there's been young guys on the team. In years past, we've had debuts. We've had interesting talents. Some guys even have... Marquee months, like Aristides Aquino. And nobody ever talked about the camaraderie of those teams. Like, no one ever thought that those teams were close-knit groups. I think the biggest question everybody has with the idea of trading Jonathan India, because objectively, if you look at it, it makes sense. But everybody's question is, is it going to mess up the chemistry? Are we going to shake up the locker room? Is this going to be something that upsets everything and they just stop? No. Nope. The players on this team are so strong, not only in their ability to play the game, but also in their personalities. Matt McClain, Ellie De La Cruz, Spencer Steer. We were not haphazardly saying that Matt McLean should get the C on his chest and be a captain the other day, simply because he happens to be playing well right now. We're saying that because we see those leadership mentalities in him. We see the ability to, be even keeled no matter the situation we see the way that he plays on the field and that, okay, if he just was in the middle of a play where an error was committed, you would never know because the very next play he makes a beautiful play. Like it's, it's, it's really to the point that I think Matt McClain is the dude who new players will be looking toward whenever something happens on the field, their first thing is going to be like, what's Maddie doing? What's Matt McClain doing right now? Like, how is he reacting to this? And then they will know how to react based on that because he is the leader of this ball club. And they all have these personalities that I think have already built the team from what it is. And as, as awesome as I loved it in spring training, whenever Jonathan India came out and said, I want to be the captain, I want to be the
1: leader. That's not how you become the leader. No, you do
0: it through example.
1: Yeah, it's very, inter- it's very easy to look at this team and pinpoint where the energy change began. It's very yeah. easy to do. The energy change began in Denver, Colorado, when Matt McClain was called up to the big leagues. That's when the energy started to shift. Now, there, I, I know there are a lot of people out there that really like Jonathan India, and this is not an indictment on, on us not liking him or us not thinking that he right. can be of value to this team. But I think the biggest value he can be to this team right now may be to be traded away and help it fix a couple weaknesses. You look at the landscape of this roster, and we did a good job with this on yesterday's show, I think, Jeff, just outlining that window and outlining all of the talent that is available And then looking at that list, looking at that landscape and being honest with yourself in that this this Cincinnati Reds ownership group, while they might could be able to do it, will not sign all of these guys. And by process of elimination, you work your way through that list and you start to trade the guy's. That you think are least likely to be signed. So even if Ellie De La Cruz and Matt McLean don't sign, and you move to the next group of two hitters, that's still not Jonathan India. And if those two guys don't sign, and you move on to numbers, you know, four and five or five and six, that's still not Jonathan India. It makes it makes it pretty clear that if you're going to shop from your strength, which is middle infield, that's their strength. If you're going to if you're going to sell from there to bring in pitching. It's the guy you're not going to sign. It's the guy that you're not going to keep around long-term anyway. And that's Jonathan India. And again, don't get in the comments and hate on us for this. We don't dislike Jonathan India. Right. We think he is very talented and talented enough to help this team make a playoff push right now.
0: And, and, and what we really should have started this off by saying is there is a huge difference in willing to trade And looking to trade. The Reds are not looking to trade Jonathan India right now. They're willing to. And by saying this, this is Nick Crawl basically telling the rest of the league, please call us. We are not going to hang up on you based on who you ask us to trade. Because I I firmly believe, and and there's probably a list of four, maybe five players that Nick Crawl has that says, I'm not going to trade that guy. Like, stop it. Don't ask me about that guy. But for the most part, quality wise, I think that a lot of guys are available to trade. Now, quantity, he's not going to make that trade we talked about for Shohei Otani. He's not going to trade. I would probably say the sweet spot of like number of prospects he would look to deal at this trade deadline is like probably three, maybe four.
1: And that's the highest amount. That's the high side. That's like the maximum. Uh, I would really almost rather see a one for one maximum two for one deal packaging to bring in a decent starting pitcher to bridge the gap until Green and Lodolo are back and going strong.
0: And you know how you do a one for one? You start with Jonathan India because Jonathan India, a, a, a diff- looking at differing like uh, you know trade value websites and how uh, players are are looked at a, a, in the trade market, India is valued pretty decently and could net like you know like a Lucas Giolito and maybe even a bullpen arm from the White Sox as well in that trade. And you're looking at really only trading Jonathan India, maybe a low level prospect that you're not worried about right now. So I I, I think that Nick Kroll saying this is a super strategic move that says, look, we know. We've got to make a couple moves to make this team better. And we are willing to talk to you. We are not coming from you. You think of like when you're in fantasy football or something or fantasy baseball, and you're just like, I'm looking to make a trade. And there's that one guy that you're like, Hey, I I see. you." No, well, I see you've got an extra. No, they they just start the conversation with no. And they don't negotiate with you. Like Nick crawl is telling everyone, we will talk. Let's talk. Give me
1: a call. No, absolutely. And I think. Once again, it kind of boils down to do you or do you not trust Nick Crawl to handle this situation well? And I think that he's earned my trust over the last two years now that I'm willing to sit back and trust the process and trust what he does to improve this team heading into the deadline. If you don't trust Nick Crawl, I want to hear from you because I
0: don't understand how you can't trust him at this point. Like, what he has put together, what he has done, the guys that make up the core of this team, that's him. I I think Ellie De La Cruz was technically signed during the Dick Williams era, but still, like, Matt McClain, Andrew Abbott were drafted by him two years ago. Some of the guys that they were trading for, Spencer Steer, Christian Encarnacion, Strand, they're already here. Like, Nick Kroll built this team. And and, and if you don't trust him at this point, then you're
1: not paying attention. No, absolutely. And I, and I think you're right. I would love to hear from the guys that don't. And I would love for someone to give me a, a reasonable argument as to why we're being too trusting. Uh, I am I would totally entertain that conversation. So get in the comments, hit us up on Twitter and let us know why you think we're wrong on this. Because for me, uh, I think he's earned the the right to have us sit back and give him the benefit of the doubt while he goes out and does the things he's going to do.
0: Every dayers will know that locked on reds loves Nick crawl. All right. So that was a nice distraction. Let's go back to the fact that the reds are playing the brewers still. And, um, yeah, let's talk about what they need to do in these final two games. This is going to be rough. All right. That's coming up next. Before we talk about that though, I want to tell you that if you can't get to American family, don't call me Miller park field. Then you can catch all of the Reds Hometown broadcast on the Sirius XM uh, SXM app. Just search the word Reds. And just as a just as a mode of protest, I'm gonna call it Miller Park because whatever about whatever it's called now, American Family Field. And I don't like the brewers right now, so I'm gonna call it by the old name. Miller Park is what it is. Also, if you want to follow us in between episodes, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow the show at Lockdown Reds. There's no Fs in that. Plus, you can join our Discord chat. Lots of great folks talking Reds baseball all day long. We've got a great game thread as games are going on. People reacting, overreacting, underreacting, all the great stuff about Reds baseball. Lockdown Reds Discord link is down In the description all right steve there are two more games and just two more regular season games i really hope i'm wrong by the way about the playoff prediction but it just it just feels inevitable at this point that that's what's going to happen but two regular season games left between the reds
1: and the brewers you got corbin burns yep tomorrow's is playoff atmosphere corbin burns andrew abbott you were going the same place i was going to go that is the Right now, the marquee matchup that the Reds can put on the field. And uh, this one's going to tell us a lot. I I really, really need to see this Reds team, at least offensively, get at Corbin Burns a little bit and get into this bullpen and do a little bit of damage. Because up until this point, it's kind of been lacking. It
0: feels like there's a cap on runs that the Brewers will allow the Reds. The The Reds can score, too. Against the Brewers, and I feel like the Brewers are super comfortable with that. So, can we score three? Maybe four? Heck, if they score five at this point, I'm going to call that a barn burner because this team has just been so completely kerfuffled by Brewers pitching, and Corbin Burns is at the forefront of that. Like, this is not a situation, and I I said this in the last three-game series that the Reds played against the Brewers coming out of the All-Star break. I said, if you beat Corbin Burns, you can win the series. Well, if you want to win the series, you have to beat Corbin Burns now. So, if we go into it expecting Corbin Burns to get like 15 strikeouts, then maybe we won't be disappointed when he actually does. But the thing of the matter is when it comes to facing Corbin Burns, you got to get up early on him. You got to take advantage of putting guys on base in the first inning and bringing them around to score. Whatever that looks like. And I and I feel like I've seen a lot more selling out for power for the Reds against the Brewers than against any other team. It feels like the Reds take the game it takes games as they come to them against teams not named Milwaukee Brewers. But when the Milwaukee Brewers are on the other side of the field, they press and and then they're trying super hard and they're hitting the ball super hard, but right at defenders, right into gloves, right into outs. And however they can change that up these next two games, they got to figure that out because – as as much as we can look at it and say, you know, even if the Reds get swept by the Brewers, they just play everybody else so well and they could probably still win the division.
1: I really want to get out of here with at least one win. Just one. Listen, I hate to call late July baseball must-win baseball. So I'm going to I'm going to come a little short of calling these two games must-win. But I will say this, Jeff. Uh, The Dodgers team that the Reds are heading to face after this, that's not going to be the same Dodgers team that we saw out at Great American Ballpark. And I don't expect the same results. I think that out in LA, it's going to be much tougher games. It's going to be much more difficult. Uh, If the Reds don't win these two games, they're leaving Milwaukee trailing by three and a half games. And then if you drop one or two to the Dodgers, you could find yourself very quickly five and a half, six games back. That's not okay. The Reds need to avoid that at all costs. I think that tomorrow, like again, it's not must win, but it's a you might really want to try and win this yeah. one because let's 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 get at these guys a little bit. I I think if you can leave Milwaukee status quo half game back, or if you can win both of the games and, and you can leave a half game up, well, then at that point you have some room to make a mistake in Los Angeles. You have some room to, to not play so much scoreboard watching this early in the season. That's going to exhaust you. That's going to exhaust me. That's going to exhaust the reds. It's going to exhaust everybody involved. Let's not be in a position to have to scoreboard watch for the next two months.
0: If the reds win these next two games, if the reds beat Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta, It's not going to quite be the feeling of, you know, whenever they destroyed the Death Star and Return of the Jedi. What's right below that? Like, because obviously they're not going to win the season series. They can't do that. Um, That's something like that. It's going to feel amazing. Like if they went to F3 against the Brewers, it's going to feel like something that they just,
1: something that we don't think they can do because let's, let's be. Here's why it's important. If they win the next two games and end on that high note, if they do eventually run into them in the first round of the playoffs, the last memory of playing the Milwaukee Brewers would be beating Peralta and beating Burns. And that would go a long way into how I think mentally the Reds would have put up would approach a postseason series against these Brewers. I think they need these two wins just to simply get out of their heads a little bit. to so be able to play the kind of baseball that the Reds need to play the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that because it feels like conversely, we, we've talked a lot about this where it feels like the Reds just have it in their heads that they don't know how to play baseball when they face the Milwaukee Brewers. Conversely, the Milwaukee Brewers got to feel like they're walking around like the empire right now, like the galactic empire that owns the galaxy and can do whatever the heck they want to do whenever the reds come to town or where, or whenever the reds are on the other side of the field. So that's where the reds got to get up and blow up the friggin' death star. However, it is that they can do that. However, it is that because I thought, all right, Ellie's going to get hot and everyone's going to follow. That didn't quite happen because nobody else hit last night. I mean, you know, Tyler Stevenson he did have a couple of hits, but it was just like th- there there's no there was no stringing together this team. When they are stringing hits together, that is how they beat the crap out of other teams. It's not with the the multiple home run games as as fun as those games are. They've only happened a couple times this year. It's all about the rally. And if there's no rally to be had at any point in the game, that's when you look and you say they got dominated. And I, I, I've seen that too much. I, I've, I've had the thought in my mind of, boy, you just got to tip your cap to the other team. Way too much against the Milwaukee
1: Brewers, and I want to stop thinking that for the next two games. So here's a couple important things I think we need to keep our eye on over the next couple games, Jeff. Number one, Jonathan India will be back in the lineup today for the Reds. The question is, is he going to play with a chip on his shoulder? Is he going to press because of the trade talk? You know, he openly admitted that when his name was floated earlier in the season, it got to him a little bit. I'm really yeah. interested to see how he handles this moving forward. Next component that I'm watching for is for the next appearance of Alexis Diaz. I need to see him looking a little bit sharper, on the mound. I need to see him not grooving things down the middle of the plate. need to see him have a little bit of success as far as that goes. And I think the biggest thing for today's game is I need really, really, really good to great Andrew Abbott to keep the brewers in check until the reds figure out how to get to, to burns and this bullpen. Uh, Abbott really needs to have probably a career type game, uh, for the reds today to, to get this thing springboarded. So those are the three, Those are the three key things I think I'm looking at over the next couple games. Abbott, I'm looking at how Jonathan India responds, and I'm looking at how Alexis Diaz rebounds from blowing that save yesterday. I want one thing. I want the Reds to get a hit on Joel
0: Pyamps or Devin Williams or both. Because I'm tired of that stat. That stat sucks. I'm tired of hearing the names Piamps. I'm going to they're, they're going to be in my dreams later on, like in my nightmares. Later, I I know for a fact I'm just going to hear those names and dread is going to come over me because and, and let's and let's also call this what it is. The Brewers absolutely fleeced the A's. Like I don't even remember the parameters of that trade, but Joel Piamps was a Oakland A last year. He was not a Milwaukee Brewer. He did not come out of their system. This was a trade that they made to get this guy. And so it's just, it's, it's things like this that I'm like, just get a hit off of a man. Like I I definitely want them to win these next two games, but I want to see some hits. I want to see Pi amps and Devin Williams just being like, oh, boy, all right. They got to me. Darn it. Because the whole thing of boy, they're due really doesn't seem to work
1: on these two guys because the Reds have been due for like two weeks. Absolutely. And on that happy note, that's probably where you and I are going to get out of here. Before we do, don't forget that you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. Thanks so much for checking
0: out Lockdown Reds here today and uh, making us your first listen every day. Every day is coming up tomorrow on the show. We're going to break down Andrew Rabbit's start. And I've got a question because as much as Steve and I love Joseph Daniel Votto, there are some questions to be had about his recent play. Should we be concerned about Joey? We'll talk about that on tomorrow's
1: episode. So make sure you join us, Steve. Until then, what can people expect from you and me? Well, expect us to be locked in on the rumors, watching for the transactions, looking at the minor leagues, gathering up all that information and bringing it back right here to keep you locked on Reds every single day.
0: You know, we forgot to mention that Kevin Newman's back. Do you think anybody
1: will notice? Nobody, nobody noticed.
0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.